0: So after all the talk about big government good, today we're going to talk about big government bad. Stay tuned. But first, a word from our not-sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by the movie WALL-E which is totally not a political, social commentary on the way that our world is, but is instead a cute children's movie about two robots who fall in love and say each other's name way, way too much. If I ever have to hear the words "Wally EVE, ever again after watching it as a child, I will punch a wall. Alrighty. So, this wasn't always a plan, but I think it's a good plan. I've focused so much over the past, whenever it was I did the episodes, it's been a while, on why big government can be good, the philosophy behind big government being good. And one of the points that I kind of landed on is that it's not the size of the government that's necessarily bad, but rather the people who are in control, the ideologies of the people within control, and the end goals. Of the system of governance and so there's a reason why the phrase big government sucks or big government is bad exists within the conservative movement and that's because truly it is bad in its current form it is bad and so I wanted to dedicate a few episodes this is a part one there'll be a few more of these dedicated to ideas within um, the current social climate within the current leftist thought um, that are currently inside our institutions and inside our government that are bad, that that would it create a big government that does suck, right? That something that, you know, the Charlie Crooks, the Ben Shapiros, and those on whatever, like the Michael Knowles and them people would agree are bad. And so today I want to talk about something um, very interesting. I want to talk about something that I think is just very innate to the human Psyche something that is so innate to the human experience, something that is so basic um, to human life that we don't even think about it as something that is an option. And if you think the way that I'm going to show you that certain people, uh, particularly Karl Marx and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, think um, you're a crazy person. But that said, I want to discuss this topic. This topic we're talking about today is work right, work as defined by, I don't know, dictionary.com or whatever, says to perform or carry out a task requiring sustained effort or continuous repeated operations. When I'm talking about work, I'm not necessarily talking about working a 9 to 5. Um, I will talk about that, and that is certainly a part of work. This idea of needing to work in order to create money in order to have a life, right? Um... This work is a fundamental part of the human experience, like I said, whether it is the very early days of planting and growing crops, whether it is making art, whether it is um, administration, whether you are a king, a court jester, or a servant, work is just a part, a natural part of human life. It is also described as an activity in which one exerts strength or faculties to do or perform something. Truly, as I am sitting here on my bed in a room speaking into my really cheap headphones, into my really, well, into my phone, I am working, right? Because I have exerted strength and faculties to do or perform something, I am using my vocal cords, I am working, I've typed up a little bit of a script or an outline. I put work into that, I have to press and turn off the button that says stop or go in order to say the words, I am working. And the work within physics is a measure of an energy transfer that occurs when an object is moved over a distance by an external force. And I know that's a, a scientific definition, but I think there's something to be found philosophical in that um, the amount of work that you put into something can be measured in the amount of energy you transfer into something when an object is moved over a distance by an external force. You could insert object to mean podcast over a distance, which could be the time that I put into it or the amount of effort I put into it uh, by an external force, which is me, right? I am the external force. So when we talk about work, when we talk about philosophy, we talk about the general word, work, right? I think it would be insane to deny Kind of like I talked about in a previous episode with social structures, right? You, it, it's impossible to deny that work exists. That even just the simple motion of walking and getting a Coca Cola out of the fridge is, in essence, work. I know you can see me. This is a as a podcast, not a YouTube video. I said work in quotation marks. Um. So I, 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 and and then so let's talk about not just work in that sense, but let's talk about work. In the sense of needing to work for your livelihood. Um, I think there's something very biblical about it. In fact, it is so biblical that it's the curse that God puts. It's not just the curse that God puts in this, but it's literally our prime directive to steal a little bit from the Star Trek. I like the Star Trek. Um, I like the Star Wars, too. Star Wars is better, but the Star Trek is cool, too. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man, this is Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. Why were we created? To work. Right? That is our first thing that we are told to. Um, and then work is also so innate to us that it is also... Not only part of the reason why God creates us, but it's, it's a part of the curse that we are given after we rebel against God. Uh, God says in Genesis three seventeen through 19 Curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, toil or work, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground, since it was from where you were taken. From dust you are, and to dust you will. Return. See this idea of work, but also working for a livelihood, in the sense of yeah, working a nine to five or doing whatever it is that you're doing. Like I said, king, court jester, servant, um, lord, lady, whatever you do, you have a job and you work. Right? Some work is more important than others. Right? Obviously, the job of a king is more important and is more harder than you know, more harder is more important than the work of a, you know, court jester who you know exists to make fun people ha ha funny laugh, right? Um, I mean it takes talent to be able to do that, but it's it's not hard work, you know. You can't expect the court jester to then be king, right? Although there are a lot of kings who should have been court jesters and are remembered within history as court jester kings. There is, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Proverbs twelve eleven. I love that verse. Um, I just found it when I googled Bible verses on work, because that's what I do for these things. I don't, these verses don't just pop into my head. I should read Proverbs more. In fact, I'm going to start reading Proverbs more. Um, but that's a very basic fact, right? That, that the more work you put into something, the more abundance you will have, and that those who chase fantasies just have no common sense so let's talk about this let's talk about those who chase fantasy fantasies and have no sense in 2020 when interviewed by vice Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or AOC as people refer to her as I'll probably refer to her because it's shorter and because I'm boring and I'm bland and I don't know people might say it's racist to not say her name I have no problem if you call me LS or something like that. Like, that's my name. Those are my initials. Anyway, I am diverging from the point. She said, when we talk about the idea of reopening society, you know, only in America does the president, President Trump at the time, we were talking about the coronavirus pandemic when a lot of people were told not to work because germs. When the president tweets about liberation, the keyword, liberation, Does he mean go back to work? When we had this discussion about going back or reopening, I think a lot of people should just say no. We're not going back to that. We're not going back to working 70 hours a week just so that we could put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives. Now, there's a point in here that I I kind of agree with on her. It's working 70 hours a week to put food on the table and to not feel any sort of of security in our lives. I was having this conversation with someone recently about how crony capitalism, right, I love me some alliteration, is basically just a fancy feudal system. It's a futuristic fancy feudal system. FFF, if you will. FFF, if you will. uh, That's not a tongue twister. It's just, haha, funny. Um... To me, a little bit, right? So I get where she's coming from. Crony capitalism, your Jeff Bezos, your Zuckerbergs, your whatever, the CEO of Walmart and Disney and them. They kind of don't do anything but, you know, hire people who hire people who hire people who hire people to work their land so they can make money. And then those at the bottom get to keep a little bit of it, of their work, Right. Um, get to keep the a little bit of the scraps, a little bit of the carrots or whatever that they harvest and to feed their family with, and then kind of just live you know shabby lives surrounded by a bunch of other people living shabby lives while King Bezos Lord Bezos sits up in his you know castle covered you know made out of Amazon boxes and prime deals, and you know gets to kind of just do whatever he wants, argue with her on that. But the way to remedy that isn't for everyone who got laid off of work to not go back to work. The antidote to that is the free-ish market as we have it at this point. Uh, To start your own business, to really apply yourself. And you know what? That requires more work, more effort, and less government handouts. Um, The easiest way to solve this problem... And in my, in my book involves, you know, the government coming in and, you know, busting down the door and kicking down monopolies. You know, like they were, um, I don't know, soccer balls in, in the FIFA, in the World Cup or whatever. Um, just kicking monopolies like they were that. Um, that's really what it comes down to. But what is this idea? This idea of liberation and work. And money, and the rich, and the poor, and... You know, where does this exist? Where does this come from? I hope you see where I'm going to here. Going to one man, big, spooky man, the Voldemort of... Oh no, I said his name. The Voldemort of the politics as we know it today. That guy. Big, bearded, German... I think it was a German dude. You know. His first and last name are both very fittingly four-letter words... We're talking about the big man, or the little man, I don't know his size, himself, Carlos Maximoff, or Karl Marx. Um, we're going to talk about his ten planks that he lays out within the Communist Manifesto. Uh, plank number one. Abolition of property and land and the application of all rents of land in public purposes. We're just going to get rid of property? Um, again, the idea of a commune, communism, everyone just... Has their own land. Or the land is shared. No one has their own land. Excuse me. Forgive me for that one. Plank number two. A heavy progressive or graduated income tax. You know. um, I just think about. You know. This idea. That so pervades our society. And you can really kind of trace it back to Marx. Uh, The progressive or graduated income tax. Um, It's really just Marx. Mark's right there. Um, and of course, it's a key tenet of saying we're not going to go to work because the rich aren't paying their fair share. We feel like we are uh, being taken advantage of. There's an injustice here on the rich. And as such, we are going to demand that the government tax the crap out of these people and we get our fair share um, when, you know, you didn't start the company or nothing like that. Abolition of plank three abolition of all rights of inheritance, you know because someone doesn't have the right to give what they do to whoever they want it to um, I'd assume that the money when someone dies would probably just go to the state and you know the state just kind of gets to control their stuff. confiscation of the property of all emigrants and rebels oh that's fun your your boy here is a um rabid. Anti immigration. I don't know if we can necessarily call him racist, but I don't know. Seems pretty nationalistic and seems like a dog whistle to the radical right um, and the neo Nazis to me. Um, dang it, Karl Marx. Dang it, Karl Marx. Um, centralization of credit in the bank of a state by means of a national bank in the state capital uh, with an exclusive monopoly. Again, communism requires, um, the government and the government to be central and for the good people in the government who always have your best interests in mind to redistribute everything equally, not according to output, right, or input, according to input, not according to inputs, but according to output, right? Uh, Planck 6, centralization of the means of communication with transport in the hands of the state. Because that has never led to propaganda and, you know, that. Extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state and bringing into cultivation of wastelands and the improvement of soil generally in abundance with the common plan. Obviously, I mean, I don't think that farming is so much an issue in, in today's day and age, but it certainly was when when Marx wrote his book. He's talking about the government making all the lands good so that people can grow the things... So that they could give it to the government and the government could give the things to the people. And equal obligations of all to work, establishment of industrial armies, especially for agricultural. Again, there's an emphasis on, on agriculture. But, um, no, no, it works is kind of based here. Uh huh. The obligation of all to work. Wow. So, you there's, no one gets free handouts, everyone works. That sounds pretty based to me, but, um, Again, that just it says the equal obligation of all to work. It doesn't say for all to work well, for all to work hard, or for all to work the same, just to work. That's ultimately the failure of communism, is one person can work really hard and to harvest say so we're talking about agriculture, seventy percent of the crop. And the other two people he's working with, the one can harvest twenty five percent and the other could harvest the 5% left over, right? But, they're all going to get 333 repeating percent of the crop, right? The man who works 70% isn't going to get 70% of the crop, and therein lies the issue, because if everyone can put in, you know, 5% input, and get 33% output, then that works, right? That's fair, and that's what's fair, but obviously... You know, when you go from a hundred percent input to fifteen percent input, um you get less crops. So thirty-three percent of fifteen is obviously less than thirty-three percent of one hundred. And therein lies a basic issue with communism. Look at that. The debunk combination communism in three like three minutes. Combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries. Gradual abolition of the of all the distinctions between town and country by more equitable distribution of the populace over the country. Oh wow! So we're just gonna move people wherever. But then again, everyone's gonna be happy. Everyone's gonna live in the same kind of house, no matter where you live. You know, I don't know if they're gonna like bulldoze mountains so that no one has the high ground. You know, I have the high ground. I don't know if high ground even exists within uh, communism. But obviously, if Karl Marx had seen Revenge of the Sith, uh, Star Wars Episode 3, he would obviously know that the high ground is superior. So he would have to take a bulldozer, which also didn't exist when he wrote this, and, you know, clear it off so that no one could have the high ground and, you know, cut their neighbor's limbs off and turn them into a marshmallow. I don't know. I'm BSing here because, again, I'm a court chester, not a king. And point number 10, free education for all children in public schools. Abolition of children's factory labor in its present form. I actually like that. No more child labor. A uh, combination of education with industrial production. So, you know, woohoo. We're going to give free public schools, which means we're just going to get to indoctrinate people. Especially when you take the fact that we've overtaken the, the communication and every part of everybody's lives and use it to make sure that those who are um, working are getting their fair share, Um, which, you know, again, 70, 25, 5, 33.3. Tell me, is that someone uh, getting their fair share because they work harder? See, this worldview obviously sets economic inequality As a sign of injustice, right? We talked about this last time. uh, When we talk about government existing and people who govern and power existing, the existence of power, the existence of those who are more wealthy or those who are more capable is not a sign of injustice. It's just a basic human fact. There are those who are better off, right? It's clearly not based in reality as inequalities just naturally occur and are not always a form of injustice or oppression. Of course, racism in America, slavery, and Jim Crow are signs of an inequality that is and is caused by injustice and oppression. But me being taller than my brothers is not an injustice, right? Me being, however tall I am, much taller uh, than the average man and much taller than my brother, um, one of whom is, you know, both of whom are still children and are still growing, one of them who's a younger child and one of them who's an older child, about to be an adult, me being taller than them isn't a sign of me being me oppressing them or me being unjust to them. It's just a sign of me being taller than them, right? And me being older and already being fully grown. Truly an injustice in this case would be to cut off at least six inches of my natural body to have me be as tall as my brother. There is a place to see work and fairness and all this thing, all these things. But natural inequalities will always exist, especially when it comes to natural ability, intelligence, and a proclivity towards work ethic. Work ethic does not get talked about enough in this discussion. It doesn't talk about the hours that Zuckerberg and Bezos had to put in. I know those are two ones that we like to talk about being bad as conservatives, because they are. But obviously, they worked hard to get where they were. Nothing was handed out to them. Right, same thing with Steve Jobs or or um, Bill Gates, or those people. Right, like they had to start from something. Right, even those who are just benefactors of their parents' wealth, you know, their parents had to start that wealth, get that wealth from somewhere, or their parents, or their parents. Or you see where where I'm headed here, you know. Um, work ethic exists. There are people who will make more money, who will be more successful who will bring a product to market that the people will vote for with their dollars and will naturally create an inequality. Does that mean it's an injustice? No. Um, What would be an injustice would for the government to step in and say that um, Steve Jobs should get a government contract because he's white over someone who's not white who created... Something because they are not white. It also exists the opposite way. I know reverse racism does exist, my friends. Where if the government were to say, "You are black," we have the exact same product, but I'm going to choose you because you're black over someone who's white. That's a that's an injustice, and it is a inequality that does result from an injustice. It is an injustice. Um the same as it is the opposite direction. See, because Karl Marx paints all of the rich people, the bourgeoisie, as the villain, and those who are oppressed, who must be oppressed as the heroes, bent upon setting the world right again. But is not inequality and the fallenness of mankind, which results in social stratification of the powerful at the top, is that not natural? I would argue that inequalities are natural. I would argue that the fallenness of mankind is natural and that in a sense inequalities will exist, oppression will exist. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't recognize it and root it out, but to what extent that we do that, to what extent every issue in American or whatever society is caused by oppression of the powerful over the impowerful Who's to say who's to draw the line between luck, which I believe doesn't exist, but some people would say has a factor into it, natural ability, hard work and determination over laziness, um a general proclivity towards not working hard and not bringing the best idea to the market now that's not to say that any particular group is worse at that, that's just to say. That we're all factors, we're all humans started at zero as a common denominator. There are those who will reach a million. There are those who won't reach a million. There are those who might descend up in the negatives, right? This exists. Human nature exists. And to pretend like we are all equal is to live in la la cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Land. Like, there is nothing within human nature... Again, I I hate to keep on using this example, but just look at, like, height of human beings or the physicality of human beings or the amount of testosterone within men, for example, right? Um, Like, there's going to be people who are just naturally more successful and more prone to, you know, succeed in this world. And it's not an inequality. It's just a facet, natural aspect of life. Now, when oppression exists... There's nothing wrong with saying, yo, this is bad. We need to do something about it. But just because an inequality exists doesn't mean that oppression must follow. And that is ultimately what is wrong here. Work and poverty show inequality, which means there's an injustice, which means it's wrong. Therefore, overthrow those who are bad, make things equal so that no one has to work. No, I'm not even going to talk about where stuff and money comes from. That's too basic. I just want to say that until our world is completely run by robots, can we truly live like we're in WALL-E's world? Um, And even then, right? And even in that world, those who make the robots, who formulate the robots, who come up with the ideas, and mechanical engineers, those who design robots and AI, should benefit the most from those who have not even, you know, thought about how to connect a wire together or the difference between a red, blue, and green wire, or what's a copper wire, right? Like, those people shouldn't be given those people's money, right? Those who make the robots um, should not have their lives taken over by the government who, you know, in this scenario, chops off their six inches of leg and foot. See, because the idea that work is somehow oppressive, or that income inequality is in itself oppressive is not a correct idea. Does it suck? Yes. But toil, working hard, working for out of the dirt of the ground, and work being miserable is something that is just genuinely a factor of human life. For the moment that God said, it is. Right? For the moment that Adam ate that fruit and God said, okay, now you have to work for your stuff really, really hard. It's going to be hard. Will inequalities exist? Um, It's just a natural part of human life. So, but when big government steps in and says, okay... Even though you're working hard, even though you're doing what you want to do, none of us should have to work or should have to work as hard. Life should just be easy for everyone. Government is not in the business of making life easy for everyone, right? Government is not in the business of making things equal. At least, I don't think it is. I don't think that's the point of government. I would suggest that the government exists to make the life of people better. That doesn't necessarily mean it's easier. In effect, it might actually mean it makes their life harder. That's why I say it's kind of base that Karl Marx says that everyone has to get a job and has to work. Uh, But he also provides everyone with housing, uh, which he's going to bulldoze off to eliminate uh, the high ground. Ephesians 4.28. I want to leave you all with this. Anyone that has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they might have something to share with those in need. So when we talk about the issues of inequality, when we talk about the issues of the poor, when we talk about issues of homelessness, there is a place for government to step in. But the government isn't your mom, it isn't a nanny, right? In my view of big government, big government exists to incentivize good behavior. Laziness, by virtue, is not a good behavior. Government does not exist to steal from the rich and give to the poor. The government is not Robin Hood. The government exists as, well, there's really no equivalent in the story, but it exists to incentivize people to work and to work hard to reward hard work and to make sure that those who work hard do not get beaten up by those who have worked hard before them. And that's an issue that I have with crony capitalism, which I think might be our next topic of discussion. When government and business meet um, to eliminate the working class, the middle class, small business owners in order to, you know, take over the world in the feudal system because well obviously the feudal system is not good. Uh thanks for listening to this podcast. Um I truly hope that I don't know. If you listen to this, um I don't know, you probably stumbled upon it by random. Uh nothing really existed to uh, hope you find it. But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the the shameless musings of a self proclaimed court jester who is simply trying to um, help you kings and queens out there. Find your way in a confusing and well, not quite wily world. Not quite yet. Thanks everyone. God bless. Take care and um, remember this quote from Aristotle. Pleasure in the job per- puts perfection in the work. Work is hard. Work is not fun. But truly, if you can find ways to enjoy what you do, or do what you enjoy, you will become more happy, more fulfilled. And when you work everything mightily as unto the Lord, you will find that your life will be so much more fulfilled, so you will be so much more grateful for what you have, for what the Lord has blessed you and, and with, and, you know, you will stave away from the, um, mindless musings of, uh, political Voldemort, and, uh, Karl Marx, and, you know, um, the three-letter lady <laughs> all right take care god bless bye i said bye like i'm ending a phone call or something and not a podcast lol as we talk about work i cannot leave without mentioning this a genius it literally says it genius.com that's where i'm getting this from genius.com a brilliant philosopher, poet, lyricist, all of the above, and someone who definitely is an upstanding human being, uh, from Genius.com, Rihanna. I just want to leave him with this quote. Work, 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 work. He said me, Hathi, work, 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 work. He see me do me dirt, 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 dirt. dirt. So it put me in work, 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 work. When you, uh, work, learn, 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 learn. May new CR if him hurt 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 hurting. Truly, obviously a generational talent. This poem song right here clearly is from genius.com, so it must be genius. However, if you want to work, 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 and learn, 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 learn I think you know what you have to do. You have to follow and subscribe the Preservation Podcast. You're already literally there. You're at the podcast app. The best way to listen to podcasts is at the podcast app. Subscribe to Preservation Podcast so you don't miss the once a month when I finally get around to putting things out. And follow us on Instagram for hot takes about why the Declaration of Independence is the most important facet of the 4th of July and much, much more as I try to get more popping on that Instagram. See y'all next time. Um, subscribe. Or you gonna leave me hurt, 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 hurting? Because that's the way that the English language works. Works, work, 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 WORKS! Amen. Sister genius, Rihanna. Rihanna. Rihanna? Good night. This is gonna be get me cancelled for being racist because I mispronounced her name or something like that. Good grief.